Hello and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. Welcome back to the Feminine Genius Podcast. I hope that you're taking good care of yourself and that you are safe and healthy. On today's episode, I am joined by physiotherapist Dior Krolak. Dior always knew that she wanted to help people and go into the medical field, but it was only once she surrendered her plans to God and a unique work placement that she found her true calling. And now as a physiotherapist, she helps patients live pain-free lives and achieve more mobility and independence after an injury. But in particular, she has a heart for her female patients through her work as a pelvic floor physiotherapist. And we talked to Dior today about how she got into physiotherapy, how she sees theology of the body intersect with her practice, and what it's like to be a Catholic working in a secular medical workplace. Hello, Dior. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm doing well. Hope you're doing well, too. Thank you. I am just hanging out. Uh, And thank you for hanging out with me today uh, and for joining us on The Feminine Genius. I was wondering if you could start by introducing yourself to our listeners. Sure. So my name is Dior. I grew up in Ottawa in the East End. I've lived here pretty much all my life, although when it came time to do my master's, I thought, oh, geez, I'd like to try a different city. So I ended up going to Western University to do my master's in physiotherapy there. And after two years, I really missed Ottawa. So I came back to home sweet home in Ottawa, didn't move back in with my parents. So I moved in with a household of three other Catholic women. So it's a huge blessing in my life right now to be able to grow with them and live with them and have their support uh, through the ups and downs of daily life. So uh, I guess I should add, I'm a practicing physiotherapist, although with the, with the now with the uh, pandemic going on, we've had to put a temporary hold on our practice. What got you interested in physiotherapy? Because I understand that, like you mentioned, you have to do a master's for it. And I'm sure that you already had to do a ton of school to get to the point of getting a master's, but what got you interested in that? Yeah, so it goes back to, basically, I was interested in science, interested in people, loved working with people, and put those two together, and you get a clinician. And so I always knew I wanted to be a clinician of some sort. And during my undergrad, I was working towards medical school. After I graduated, I didn't get into medical school on my first try. So I took a year off, and uh, with a series of events, really, it was divine intervention. I ended up working in a physiotherapy clinic as a receptionist. It was a fairly new clinic that had opened up, and so uh, the caseloads were just building up. And so when it was quieter and all my work done, I had a chance to actually chat with the physiotherapists and and see what they were doing and learn exactly what this was. And I thought at that time, oh, geez, I, you know, this is great. I should keep my doors open and apply to physiotherapy school. So I ended up doing that. And, and you should know at 
at this point in my life was the first time that I had actually surrendered my career to the Lord. For most of my undergrad, I was very much hanging on to academics and prioritizing ap- academics and, and just of my, my own power <laughs> trying to get into medical school. But this all happened when I finally just surrendered my career to the Lord and said, you know, <laughs> guide me here, Lord, guide me. And so that's when I ended up getting this job in the clinic. And, and sure enough, when it came time for interviews for physiotherapy school, I did not want to go to medical school at all anymore. I was all in for physiotherapy because I recognized that it was exactly what I wanted out of a career and so much more. And so that was being a clinician, having the authority to make decisions uh, with and for my patients. And it's having the opportunity to really connect with my patients. So as a doctor, you don't really get to spend a whole lot of time getting to know your patients on a on a deeper level, as you can relate, you know, when you visit your family doctor, you get to spend maybe five, 10 minutes with them. And that's about it. But I really get to over and over get to get to know my patients deeper. I just love that aspect of my job. And then I guess I practice uh, what I preached, le- uh, living a balanced lifestyle uh, with exercise and nutrition, mental health. Um, and it's going to allow me one day, I do have this desire to get married and have my own family. Um, and it's a career that's going to allow me to do that. I'm not on call. I'm not working nights or working emergencies. So so all that. And then, of course, being able to instill my values into my patients. And that is that movement is medicine. And so giving them the tools to be independent with managing their health. So yeah, as you can see, I just, I, I love my profession. I love physiotherapy and it really, really suits me. And just as the Lord does, he, he grants you your desires and so, so much more. And that's what has happened in this case. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'm acutely aware of the fact that uh, today is the Feast of the Annunciation as we're recording mm-hmm. this. So it's March 25th. And I love what you mentioned too, about the fact that in that moment, once you had surrendered your career plans to the Lord, you summed it up so nicely at the end there where you said that God will grant you your desires and so much more. Mm-hmm. And just all those ties towards the fact that you love to interact with people and your interest in medicine, your interest in helping people, and the way that the Lord has led you to this career path that allows you to help people and to journey with people in a very interesting way. And in a way that you might not be able to, if you were like, for example, a family doctor. Yeah, absolutely. All of this kind of interweaving, you touched on a little bit of your faith journey, but I was wondering all throughout this, how has the Lord walked with you and what has your relationship with Jesus been like maybe prior to that moment of surrender and then now? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I I grew up in a traditionally Polish Catholic household. And so, you know, I grew up going to Mass every Sunday. And then it came to my teen years, my high school years. And, you know, I said to myself, either I'm going to make this faith my own or I'm out of here. And I was very blessed at the time that there was a net team in my parish. And so I joined the youth group. Um, and it was through this youth group and their their ministry to me that I was introduced to the Blessed Sacrament for the very first time. And that first time, I my eyes were opened and like, I recognized God before me and felt 
just at absolute peace and 100% loved by the Lord. And anyway, you, you just can't go back from an experience like that. And so that was, I think that was my, where my initial conversion moment was. And then going forward from there, I've definitely had my ups and downs with my faith coming into and, and out of it. As I was saying, into my undergrad, like I definitely, I put academics first. And Jesus, I don't know if you remember this circle that CCO likes to teach about, you know, Jesus and is Jesus at the center of your circle of your life or is he on the outside or is he just part of it? And so for much of my undergrad, he was part of it. And, you know, I went through the CCO faith studies because I still had that foundation that I came from that I knew like, yes, I did need to feed my my soul this way. And thank the Lord for that faith community because it did still keep me tethered to, to my faith in a way. And then I, at one point uh, in my life, I was in a dating relationship that was pulling me away from the Lord. And it just brought me to a really dark, a dark place um, in my life. And that, that was at a certain point, I just, I had to say no to that. And so of course, so I broke up with him and uh, and came back to came back to my faith so so fully and deeply and yeah, just thank the Lord for that. And then even diving diving deeper into my faith through making the decision to live with these Catholic women who also challenged me to grow in my faith. So um, yeah, I'm I'm at a place in my life where I've I've been placed with people around me that provide me such great fellowship to. Yeah, just to help me continue growing. And my career is a part of that too. Being a physiotherapist, um, being challenged in a different way to always surrender, always surrender to the Lord. So so yeah, that's that's where my my what my faith life has has looked like. Mm, for sure. And just thinking about, you know, like we were talking about the the different the pulls and the turns and the ways in which God had drawn you in through different moments of encounter and how you may have been tempted away, but ultimately like you had a, what sounds like a very strong backbone that had kept you tethered to your faith. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Throughout your time as a physiotherapist and practicing physiotherapy, what have been some of the more rewarding parts of your job? Oh, it's always when, uh, when my patient gets to discharge. So discharge is when me and my patient have determined that they've met their goals that they, they came in to meet, or they may have become independent with reaching those goals. So maybe they haven't reached the goals just yet, but they now have the tools to do that on their own. And so we, we like to call it graduation day at the clinic. So that's always a joy, just seeing my patients graduate from physiotherapy. But there can be definitely be moments along that journey that are also full of joy. The first time that a patient recognizes that, wow, like physiotherapy is helping me restore myself. Oftentimes when someone can't move well, they're in a lot of pain, like it just, it's a downer on their life. It can take away a sense of their self-value. And so just seeing the hope that can come back to someone when, when they recognize that physiotherapy can help, that's really rewarding too. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And, and, you know, praise God for the fact that you're able to help these men and women get back to a place of health and being able to have a full range of motion. Like that is so important. Oh, yeah. And so much more. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I remember when I met you, it's funny, too, like the more I think about it, it was only a couple months ago that I met you. Uh, we met 
at the 2019 Rise Up, which was in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And it was through a mutual friend. We were actually rooming together. So a big shout out to Janice Ling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember that during the time that we were able to spend together, you were sharing a little bit about how in your physiotherapy practice, you're particularly interested in pelvic health. Uh, So definitely something that, you know, I'm sure is pertinent for men and women, but particularly as women, it can be something that is maybe overlooked or taboo to talk about. And you certainly enlightened my mind when I heard you talk about it. So I was wondering if you could maybe describe a little bit about what that part of your practice entails and why you're so passionate about it. Of course. Yeah. So I think I'll give a little intro to what pelvic physiotherapy is first. So that our listeners have that background understanding. So pelvic physiotherapy is to restore function as it relates to pelvic floor. So we don't just have a hole at the bottom of our bodies. We have a pelvic floor, which is made up of muscles and ligaments and nerves, just like in the rest of the body. So as you can imagine, we can treat those muscles and ligaments and nerves in any other part of the body. So it makes sense that physiotherapists can also assess and treat the pelvic floor. And its functions involve voluntarily controlling when we void bowel and bladder, sexual function, structural support of the pelvis itself, and joints around the area, so hips and low back. It acts as a sump pump as well, so our muscles uh, with their actions can help to move fluid throughout the body, so it's responsible for that movement within um, the pelvis area and then holding our organs up inside of us of course so they do play a role in holding up our organs inside of us so anyway going beyond that how I got interested in this niche of physiotherapy through a women's health elective that I took in physiotherapy school and we had the opportunity to shadow some pelvic physiotherapists and through that shadowing, my eyes are open to just how rewarding this niche of physiotherapy is because pelvic physiotherapy is for both men and women, but uh, the, the, the therapists that I was shadowing were treating women primarily. And so the women that I was shadowing, they, they were just so, so happy, just overjoyed with how they weren't peeing their pants anymore and they're able to have non-painful intercourse with their husbands and that's huge that intimacy could be restored just their sense of of dignity of self had been restored in a way too with the help that physiotherapy could provide them so I was just really drawn to um, the way the different way that public floor physiotherapy can help these people the other reason is because I think I also, I also have a fascination with theology of the body and how, as Catholics, we really value the physical, we really value our bodies, and pelvic physio is helping people in an area that is really holy. Like, one of the ways we do help people is, like I was saying, restoring non-painful intercourse, so that really drew me into that niche. So after physiotherapy school, I spent... I spent a good six months just honing some of my basic orthopedic skills, and then I went and did all my certifications to treat pelvic floor. So I've been doing that for about a year now, and all the rewarding experiences that I witnessed when I was shadowing, I have also seen that in my practice over the past year. And I just feel, I feel so so much love, so much, I feel love for all my patients, but particularly for this population, I just have such a heart for them. I think that that's a very interesting connection that you 
you made very early on and even, you know, the first time I heard you talking about this and even rehearing it now, just thinking about that connection between the physical well-being of ourself and the dignity that can be restored in that area just by, you know, having a healthy pelvic floor, for example, and that tied to theology of the body is so fascinating to me. Um, when did you first learn about theology of the body and, and make that connection? Uh, it was first introduced to me in high school through through youth groups, and then just it turned into more personal interest. I don't know. I that's really the really the gist of it. Just mm-hmm. recognizing how intercourse is a is a holy act. We as Catholics, you know, we consider it a holy act, and for it to be disrupted by pain, that breaks my heart. Beyond that is also women, mothers who give so much of themselves, you know, during pregnancy and postpartum and then caring for their children and then having these physical issues that can be embarrassing, like peeing their pants every time they jump or come down to the floor to play with their children. And then being able to help those women in their, in their feminine genius, right, as mothers. I need a bell every time someone, every time a guest uses the term. I love that. And of course, John Paul II, you know, such a genius in his own right. He is like the author around theology of the body. So that is so beautiful. And I know that, of course, like you've been taking an interest to treating pelvic health. You've been doing that with your patients. You've gone through necessary certifications. And when I met you back in December, you also were starting to dream up how you could take this even further. And I know that you have currently been running, uh, or I guess being more active on social media Mm -hmm. and talking about your practice. And I was wondering what inspired you to do that? Yeah, well, I think it, it all goes back to a couple of my classmates who really took the leap and started their own educational accounts while we were still in physiotherapy school. And I thought, wow, that's really brave. Like, I don't know if I have the the knowledge and and the courage to to do that good for them but it just sparked a little interest in me that you know okay I I think I'm gonna do that one day so it's still always in the back of my mind and later on I ended up joining a business networking group to represent the clinic that I work at and every single week we have to give a one minute infomercial about our businesses how our businesses can help other people the services we provide what kind of referrals we'd be looking for and so I started prepping and saving all these little one minute of clips of information about physiotherapy so I so I started you know developing this database already and one day one of the other members said to me you know Dior you have all this great stuff that so many people would love to hear you should put this on social media and I thought oh geez yeah I've kind of been wanting to do that and then thinking further to how much I feel passionate about pelvic physiotherapy and how there's much fewer pelvic floor physiotherapists out there that provide this education on social media, I thought that would be a great place to to start. But I had a lot of hesitation still about starting this, not knowing if I'd have enough material to be posting, uh, worrying was it going to be stressful for me. And, you know, a lot of people would say, why don't you pray about it? So I'll be honest, I didn't really like directly and intentionally pray about it. I just thought, you know what, if the Lord really wants this to happen, the doors are going to open. And I just left it in that confidence. And there's a couple more events came up where where I was prompted to start this social media Instagram account. And one of them was uh, 
with you, Rachel and, and Jenny, when we went to that coffee shop in uh, downtown Toronto on one of our afternoons off at Rise Up and spoke to you guys about these ideas that I had and my passion for physio and how I wanted to, to share that with the public. And you just encouraged me to go for it and gave me more means to do so <laughs> in terms of the, the technology too and, and inspiration through your, your, your Feminine Genius podcast. So there's there's another prompting for me to to get going on this this project of mine. And furthermore, yet another sign, if you will, was my employer was challenging everybody to come up with sort of an entrepreneurial project to grow as a clinician or to help grow the business. And I thought, well, that's it. Like, this is this is the time <laughs> I'm going to get started. And my last hesitation was still like, geez, I don't know if I should do just pelvic floor physio. And so... As soon as I open up the uh, the doors to including my general orthopedic practice as well, I didn't have any hesitations anymore. And that's when I started up my my Instagram. So yeah, that's how that came to be. And I'm finding it to be a lot of fun, right? I went out for a walk last week and I thought, geez, I know all this stuff about walking and some fun facts about walking. I could just, I could tell people about that. And so that was my latest post. And and uh, next one coming up is teaching people more about uh how breathing is related to pelvic floor. So I'm just super excited for what's to come and just for people to understand a lot of what is just hidden from common public knowledge about, about our bodies and, and how movement is medicine. And yeah, so really excited for my project. Yeah, and I'm just looking at it right now. And I know that because I follow you and all of you should as well, it's at Dior dot physio and I will be sure to leave a link in the episode description but I've learned so much too and I'm not a particularly sciencey person and what I love is that you first of all like the posts are very creative and it just breaks it down so easily and I think the number one thing that a lot of people like myself struggle with is just the fact that there is so much medical jargon out in the world and sometimes it can be so difficult for know folks to really come to understand what it all means and why it matters so I really appreciate the fact that you're doing that and again I will share the link in the bio so please be sure to follow Dior as she shares more tips and tricks on how to stay healthy yeah and how physiotherapy can help so yeah thank you Rachel um one of the things I love to do is teach so being able to to translate physio language into lay language is is a part of this project so um, I want everybody to be able to understand what physiotherapy is and how physiotherapy can help. So, mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And of course, it's, I, I think we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Uh, and I love how you're mentioning, you know, you have this, this hashtag and this ethos of movement is medicine. So you're talking mm-hmm. about how in your practice, you're able to share these values with your patients. Now, of course, when it comes to like particularly medicine and science and that nexus of that and faith, what is it like to be a healthcare practitioner with a faith background? Like, how do you find that balance? Mm, yeah, definitely can definitely find it challenging to work in a secular workplace. It can be easy to forget my my identity. So many times I have to remind myself that Ultimately, it's just for the glory of God. Everything we do is for the glory of God. But there's so many times where I can be like, yeah, this patient is getting better because of what I'm doing. No, 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 no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
or like how my patients are doing is a reflection on who I am and my my value as a physiotherapist, but that's not the case at all. So so my faith is what again keeps me tethered to where my true value lies as a daughter of God. The Lord is the one who gave me these skills, this knowledge. They led me to physiotherapy school, led me to the job I'm in. And he's the one who's the ultimate healer. So he's where I need to find my strength. And it's really funny. The days where I forget my place are really rough. But the days where where before I go into work, I'm like, okay, Lord, it's all on you today. Like, I don't, I don't think I can do it alone. I need your, I really need your help today. Those are the best days. <laughs> Yeah, those are the days when all my patients are doing really well. And so, yeah, just having the Lord as my anchor, always, always remembering that throughout my throughout my days, that that really, really helps me and ultimately helps my patients. Yeah. And I think um, what's really great about being in a secular workplace is that some people are pretty open to hearing about my faith. You know, we'll get to chatting. Oh, what did you do on the weekend? Oh, well, I had this, uh, you know, I went to mass and I really liked the homily. And and then they, you know, they they ask more questions and I get to tell them a little bit about about the Catholic faith and and the gospel. And it's just, yeah, maybe reaching people who maybe might have never heard it before or wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity. So I think that's a real gift it, it brings me back to um, Mary Bielski's talk at Rise Up, where she's like, we need these ninja warriors and, uh, <laughs> and all, sorts of, all sorts of positions, not just as missionaries. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Yeah, and everything that we've talked about today, and especially as I'm going through this conversation, I'm so aware of the fact that I could never do any of the things that you describe. Uh, and... I think that that's okay just because there's a great need for people in all sorts of fields. That's why we have all these gifts and talents. As it's mentioned in 1 Corinthians, thinking about your personal feminine genius, how have you seen that grow and now flourish in your personal practice and the work that you do? Yeah, I had to really reflect on that question <laughs> before meeting with you today. I think it it ultimately comes down to growing a heart for my patients. And what I already mentioned is just relying on on my identity in Christ. And then through his eyes, through his eyes seeing my my patients. And that that really inspires me and grows my passion for what I'm doing. Yeah. And I guess just to close, given the the current situation that we're in now with COVID-19 and the fact that we have to stay inside or perhaps, you know, maybe you are able to go out for a walk nearby your neighborhood and keep your social distance from other folks. But in general, as a practitioner of physiotherapy, as a healthcare professional, what advice do you have for folks to stay healthy? Mm. Well, in general, not just during a pandemic, I like to say, don't wait to make a move. So so that means incorporate movement into your day. It can be if you're at a desk job, getting up every 15 minutes, just stand up, shake it out, then sit back down. Our bodies love to move. Um, just think about how if you're sitting on the couch for hours on end, how you start to feel stiff and eh, not so great. It's your body's telling you to move. And so I really encourage everyone to make movement a part of your 
your daily habits and choose whatever works for you. Maybe you just love going out into nature for a walk or maybe you love those more intense workouts or maybe you love playing sports and, and the social aspect of that. Just encourage you to to move in whatever way brings you fun and joy. And then the other thing is if you are focusing on maybe one particular sport, it's always always helpful to have variety in, in your exercise. So if you're a runner, find ways to cross train through maybe swimming or cycling or throwing in a couple days of just strength training. So that variety is, is also key in, um, in our physical, physical health. Um, and of course, during, oh, again, not just during pandemic times, but all the time is taking care of your, your mental health as well. So recognizing when you need, when you need a break, you know, taking time in, in prayer and meditation, eating healthfully too. So just being aware of of moderation, I guess, in in diet. So, not really part of my my expertise and practice, but just general health advice for nutrition. And of course, since I have this opportunity, I I really do want people to know that pelvic floor physiotherapy can help with issues that you never thought could be helped. If you're unable to control your your bladder, there's times where um, maybe a postpartum mom, you're going for a walk or you're jumping on the trampoline with your kids and, and oh, you find that you're leaking. Like you don't have, that doesn't have to happen. Public physiotherapy can help with that. Intercourse is not meant to be painful. Physiotherapy can help with that. I have women who come with um, a condition called prolapse. If you know you have that, physiotherapy can help again. So um, any sort of pain in the pelvic area, you don't have to live with that. Public physiotherapy can help. So there you go. There's my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. Definitely a topic that I, you know, by no means an expert in. So I'm so thankful that there are amazing women out there like you, Dior, who are, you know, sharing these values of, you know, movement is medicine. Don't wait to make a move. Mm-hmm. And the fact that ultimately we don't have to live in pain. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for giving me this opportunity, this interview. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for joining me. Many thanks again to Dior Krolak for joining us on The Feminine Genius. To learn more about Dior and to gain some great health tips as well, you can follow her on Instagram at dior.physio. I've left a link to her profile in the show notes. You can also follow us on social media by searching up at femgeniuspod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, you can listen to and subscribe to The Feminine Genius Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts including SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and so much more. And finally, all details, news, and events can be found on our home on the web, FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless always.